The Jerry DePoto Show, presented by Seattle Pump and Equipment on Seattle Sports. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Mike. Are you picking on Mora? Yes. <laughs> just, she's just answering the phone as a morning ray of sunshine. <laughs> I was actually stalling because I knew you were on the phone and I was uh, failing at stalling just I, long enough. I was enough. chit-chatting and Salk was looking at me. I was me like, like, I think Jerry. we're ready. I th- <laughs> no, we're not quite ready yet. All right. All right. We'll get on to some baseball rather than making fun of my inability to host a radio show. But... What is it like as a guy, as an architect of a baseball team, watching that team play with a lead in Great American Ballpark? Uh, well, I, I will say this: having never pitched in Great American Ballpark, it's not a whole lot better than the other one, which was terrifying. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's there's small ballpark, and you know, it's a weird things tend to happen there. I will say that I was really impressed in the three days with the athleticism of the, the young Reds position player team. It's a, you know, it's a super fun group to watch. I, I wish we would have handled it better in the first two days, but you know, even with the big lead in, in each of the last two games, your, your first instinct is keep scoring boys, keep scoring. Yeah, they can, uh, they can run. We've talked about it a lot this season, Jerry, just across the league, Kansas city and Bobby Witt can really run Arizona and Corbin Carroll can really run. And, and just, uh, it feels like, you know, just baseball can be a little cyclical as well. It just feels from afar. You have all the numbers inside that just the game's athleticism and speed. I can't remember here, certainly over the last decade or so, a time when there's been more just pure raw athleticism. Well, I mean, certainly not that I can recall, but I, you know, if I go back, you know, on the way back machine and, and think about watching baseball in the eighties and, yep. you know, the fun teams that, that were playing at that time with the speed element, you know, and I thought last night on the broadcast, I, I think it was Goldie who brought it up. You know, we, we have, I think the only American league team are now that, you know, one of two American league teams with three 25 Homer hitters, you know, think about saying that 10 and 15 years ago, but you know, look at how many 20 stolen base guys we have, which is, you know, such a departure from where the game was, you know, just a decade or two ago. And and I think it's fun to watch when, you know, even our team and, and we may not have, you know, the 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 host of, of speedsters like you just mentioned, but we've got a few. And, you know, with Julio and Cabby and Josh Rojas and Dylan Moore and Sam Haggerty, the, the game changes when those guys are on the bases and, and it makes it an awful lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was interesting looking at it and, you know, another eight runs yesterday. I, I just happened to go check. So, okay, where are the Mariners at in terms of scoring runs? Number 10 runs per game in all of baseball. How did you guys end up at number 10 considering some of the conversations we were having in the first part of this season? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the answer. I don't know where the conversations. I, I, I think, you know, oftentimes, and it, and it may have been perceived at, at the time that I was being a little defensive, we were really never that bad. <laughs> you know, we, we were always kind of a middle of the package offense in the, the broader uh, MLB, uh, I guess, look, if you were looking at the advanced metrics. And, and what the advanced metrics usually tell you is that the, the good things will start to happen. The process is sound. You know, we, I don't know a better way to say it. When you see a team you know, that is in the middle of the pack in WRC plus it's, it's telling you, you know, this is a competent major league offense and, you know, competent major league offense in, in April, May, June, that was scoring, you know, meh runs. And, and all of a sudden, a lot of those, you know, underlying 
factors that were driving us to a, a strong WRC plus without really resulting in big runs scored per game really started to explode. And what was always a good process turned into really good results. And, and I think we're looking at that for the last, and it hasn't been a short time. This has been going on yeah. for, for two plus months now. So trying to understand that to a lay person. Okay. So WRC plus is a newer statistic that maybe not everybody completely understands weighted runs created. And then what it's, it's balanced to try to take away defense and ballpark factor. Is that right? Yeah, it strips out, you know, the defense doesn't play into it at all. Uh, and, and it strips out, you know, a lot of the, the I, I guess w- what it does is it reflects the place you're playing and the time you're playing there. So, you know, the quality of your opponents, the ballparks you're playing in, and, you know, you, you can see the results. We, we do play in a pitcher friendly ballpark, which means that our players, our offensive players are going to get some benefit of, of the, I, I guess, the ballpark factor. It's weighed back into our WRC plus. Mm-hmm. And, and I think right now in WRC plus, we are top five or six in baseball and, and one of the best teams in the American league, which is kind of what we've been for the last couple of years. And, you know, and, and similarly with the pitchers, you know, though we lead the league in, in raw and run average, our earn run average takes a ding, you know, because of the ballpark we play in right. when you look at the weighted numbers. And, you know, now our pitching, you know, until we went on this road trip, our pitching had been so good that we still led the league, even with the, the dings in terms of fielding independent and, and ballpark factors. But, you know, the, those are some of the, the elements that we're looking at is weighing it for the, the environment you're playing in. You mentioned some of the pitching there, Jerry. How do you look at the, the bullpen right now and, uh, and the way it's just settling in? Uh, I think they're pooped, honestly. And, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, <laughs> I was just saying, like I said it at the kitchen table yesterday, it's, you know, they, we, have, we have asked them to throw a lot of innings in the last, you know, seven to ten days. And I think this draws back to, you know, the the day that George was sick and didn't make his start against Oakland at home before this road trip began. And we had to have, you know, a spot start or an emergency start from Luke Weaver. And, and all of a sudden the bullpen is, is starting to churn innings. Those, you know, those games you're churning innings. We we were playing an Oakland team that, you know, frankly in, in that game, we had an opportunity to beat the game was, was close enough. We didn't beat them. But we we churned through some bullpen, and we've only had I think one you know lengthy start from a starting pitcher, and that was Logan last Friday night in, in New York. Since that time, so you know there were a number of, of short starts, the three to five inning variety, some by design, and, and and some you know not necessarily by design, and and that's put a lot of stress on that bullpen. So. I'm I'm loath to judge performance when I know we're asking a ton of them. And you know, it's a it's it's been a real grind because every one of these games has been close and they've been out there for every one of them. Is there anything you guys can do to help them get some rest? I mean, I asked passing this question earlier. I don't know what the answer would possibly be, but even just trying to think creatively, is there anything you guys can do either from a management perspective or from a front office perspective to try to help? You know, I, I wish there was an easier answer to that question with some of the, the you know, the, the new in this CBA and, and with some of the new rule changes on, you know, as far as, as roster construction with limitations on the number of pitchers, you know, in addition to limitations on the number of players that are called up in September, uh, you know, it's just two and only one can be a pitcher. So it, it really gives you limited 
resource. And and right now, you know, the pitchers that we have that are optionable up and down have been really strong contributors for us. And we're loathe to, to lose one of those pitchers for any length of time. You know, if we send one down, like we saw this week in Cincinnati, and I, I hate to, to express this as it was an advantage, but Cincinnati was able to use the the IL because they had a number of COVID cases, I understand. And that's a different type of IL with different rules to manage it. But if we were to send a, a pitcher out, we lose that pitcher for two weeks mm-hmm. before they can come back. And, you know, with just the uh, three weeks left in our season, that would be a very risky proposition. So the answer to the question is, Score a bunch of runs, guys, and hope our starting pitcher pitches deep tonight. I love that answer of poops. I mean, that is right up my alley. That uh, that that is square for me. I'm curious if you've had a chance, uh, and I know. And are you feeling better, by the way? Thank you again for last week as you were battling the IL. Do you, are you feeling back to 100? percent Yeah, I'm not back to 100, percent but I, I I think I'm good enough to be taken off the IL and work my way through. It. Good, awesome. Well, we appreciate that. And I'm just kind of curious when you do get to see Brian Wu next. What a stud he has been. And, and I love Scott's comments the other day. Like, yeah, man, you're in the big leagues. I, I carry out your role. You've got to do your job and eat up those innings. But as a guy that must also be pooped in a place that he has never been before, when you do get to see him kind of face-to-face, what will be some of your words and encouragement here down the stretch? I think he's learning great lessons. And, and that's the point with trying to, to manage – these young pitchers through the long season Uh, we we could have managed this in a way and this goes back to to even 2021 with logan gilbert we could have managed this to a specific mark inning mark where you know we just shut them down when they reach that spot but it's not conducive to stretching that pitcher out and teaching them how to get through the long season and and right now you know, where Brian's learning those lessons and he's learning those lessons, frankly, without ever really having gone through that in the minor leagues. So it's a, he's doing, you know, he's doing something on many levels that, that he's not done before. And, and he's kind of unique in that way. And I think he's done an awesome job with it. And, and we're trying to be, you know, very careful in how we manage it. You know, we'll try to get creative this week and how we manage, you know, his next start. And like I said, throughout the biggest thing for us was managing what what I would say is a traditional five day rotation. So when the when the starting pitcher is pitching on the fifth day after four days of rest, we want to minimize the number of times that's happening with some of our young pitchers and you know and Brian is is certainly at the top of that list. Jerry, what, what I don't know how many new ways we can find to ask about JP and what he's done this year. It's really been incredible to watch. But I, I guess this week we saw a little bit about the hard hit rate and how he went to driveline in the offseason with the goal of trying to improve that hard hit rate. H- how has it been so effective? How has he been able to just improve how hard he hits the ball? Well, I, I think his the, I, the efficiency of his bat path is way better than it's ever been before. And, you know, this is going to be nuanced, but JP's been on our team for a number of years now, and you've seen him take, you know, what could be thousands of at-bats if you watch us, you know, day in and day out. And, and, you know, he had a a tendency to really wrap his back, to get tilty at the top of his back, and and it would create a longer swing path. And, And longer swing paths naturally take longer, you know, a longer period of time to get to the ball. And, to JP's credit, he went over with the guys at drive line, created a more efficient path to the ball. We don't see that same tip or that same length 
his bat speed has increased a ton over the course of this year. And when you're swinging with a more efficient path and a faster bat, JT's always been able to barrel the ball and, and he has always had excellent pitch selection. You know, it's a, you know, again, underlying process. JT's always been, you know, like the, the average to above average offensive player. When you look at all the underlying, you know, elements now take that and go out and hit the weight room, you know, it, it, like he did, work on a more efficient swing path, increase your bat speed, and all of a sudden, power comes with it. And that, you know, that average to, to slightly above takes a huge leap. And, and now he's not just, he's not just a, a, an interesting player uh, on a team. He's a driver. He's, you know, I think he's in the, in the discussion for most important players that, that have taken the field for us this year in a lot of ways. He's, he's done a great job. So would you, I mean, I know you guys have a pretty good partnership with driveline and it's worked out well, especially with the pitching side of it. After seeing the success he had this year, would you encourage more guys to go visit there? Is it something they might just do naturally because they see the success JP had? How does how does something like that work? I think it happens both ways, you know. And we have encouraged players for a number of years to go over there. Uh, this dates back, I, I guess, boy, this dates back six years or so that we have, you know, in the off seasons with some of our younger players and and a number of our prospects, we we sent them over to drive line for you know for breakdowns, you know, a bit analysis of their swings with suggestions on how that player could improve or, you know, giving us data points on, on what they could do. Uh, you know, driveline does an amazing job of providing you with, uh, with a, a blueprint of what's happening with your, whatever your specialty is, your delivery, your swing. And, you know, now take that and give it to really smart people with good coaching skills. And, and, you know, the most important thing is like with JP, it always works better when the player wants to, and, and it's not, you know, the, the, the organization pushing them to do this. JP wanted to do it. And, you know, he, like others around the league, it's as much as, you know, driveline has generated a really positive, uh, I guess, impact around the league. But then you look at the players that are coming and going from from driveline year after year in the off seasons, and and if you go over there, it's you know sometimes it's an all star game at the facilities, and and when other players see that, they naturally gravitate in that direction. You know, success begets copycats, and you know we want to go and, and experience what they're experiencing, and you know, and right now JP is really reaping the benefits of wanting to be there. How's that Kelnick guy doing down there in Tacoma? And I'm seeing him play a ton of right field. Appears to be raking, <laughs> you know. And is uh, it's JK always he's in his time in the minors. We've always had him play, you know, all the outfield spots. When he's back here in Seattle, he will play primarily on the corners. And you know, like the way we've used Dom Canzone and Cade Marlowe, you know, and particularly here where you're seeing Teo get a few more DH days to to try to keep him fresh and on his feet. You know, there'll, there'll be a nice rhythm to the way Scott's able to to move the outfield around if there's an opportunity to to, to get all those left-handed bats in the lineup. So. Uh, it appears he's raking. He looks comfortable. The post-game reports have been really solid. Uh, he's only been at this for about a week now. So uh, the fact that I, I think he's – last night was his best night, and I, I believe he's right now rocking something around a 1,400 OPS in his short stint in AAA. And, and I don't suspect it's going to be too much longer. And, you know, it could be any day now. It's also we're, – we're 3,000 miles away with a travel day, so I'm not certain – 
that the appropriate thing to do is, is send him across the country to join the club. But minimally, I think you'll see him next week. What did you make of his uh, response and quotes to Daniel Kramer the other day, taking responsibility and, and talking through how much he learned throughout this situation? You know, I think JK has been really mature in how he's handled this from the very start. Uh, he was really that you could see in how emotional he was when, when, when you found out that he had the broken foot that, you know, he, he put himself and he put the team in a tough spot. And, and, uh, and I don't know that anybody wears the, wears that type of thing any tougher than Jared. He's, he's such a competitor. He is a really thoughtful guy. And it's, uh, I thought, from the time he met with the media after the the initial event and how he took it, it took responsibility for his own actions and then coming afterward and it's you don't want to see any player miss time you know with a self-inflicted injury especially you know when during that time it, it would have been really handy to have him in a lineup <laughs> but if if during that time, you've got a young player who's learned lessons about how to manage, you know, himself and his emotions moving forward. I think that's a win. And, you know, we've been able to weather that storm offensively. And, and in many ways, we've been in as good a place as we've ever been. And as I've said, the last couple of weeks, when we talked about JK, we're a better team when he's on it. And, and uh, I look forward to getting him back out there. Whether it was the new shoes or the the, the day off, uh, you guys, I'm sure, have the metrics. Was that the fastest that Suarez had rounded the bases all season yesterday? You know, I didn't look at the the metrics, but my eye told me yes. And it's, <laughs> we we we've talked about the the fact that it would be beneficial for for Gino to have a day off for for a couple of weeks now, really dating back to to the last road trip and. He's such a gamer and it was, you know, it was a goal of his to play in each game. And, you know, with the the late defensive substitution, he still played in every game. He just did it in a different way. But just getting the day off your feet, having a chance to work in the cage with the the hitting coaches without knowing that four or five at-bats are waiting for you when you walk out the door. You don't have to go through your normal pregame routines. You can just go focus on a practice day. And I, I think, you know, unlike any other sport, this is, it's a really weird thing. You know, baseball, the ratio of game time to practice time is so lopsided when you look at it versus other sports and other sports, you get a ton of practice time leading up to a game or an event or a match. You know, in baseball, it is, it is far on the other end of the spectrum. You know, with a 162 game season, you wind up, you wind up channeling a lot of your energy toward game time and the pregame stuff is is very yeah you know, let's call it it's preparatory you're just going through stretching and and you know easy work bp on the field it's not it's not it's not true practice and yeah. you know the, the chance to just unplug for the better part of a day and plug into practice and focusing on on making something better which i think Gino did take that that opportunity and ran with it I've been pretty interested watching Dominic Canzone over the last couple of weeks and, and his swing and, you know, trying to figure out where he goes from here. What, what is the upside of a Dominic Canzone? You know, I, when we when we got Dom, our belief was that we were getting a guy who could do a little bit of everything. And, and the biggest appeal was that we thought there was real power to tap into. And it's a... Uh, you know, it, it, his swing is very, you know, we'll, we'll call it very NPB. He he uses a lot of the same uh, techniques in loading up his weight and coiling. When when you get on top of Dom, he's, he's not the most 
you know, he's not the six five. It's not Gene Carlo Stanton, but man, he can really whip the bat and hit the ball a long way. And and I think we're seeing that. I he he reminds me a good deal of a guy that I had you know a couple of times, but but most notably in Colorado by the name of Brad Hop, who had mm. a pretty good career. And it's uh you know he he has. He has shown us the ability to get to any fastball. He has shown us that the, the ball up or the ball down is a ball that he can drive in the gap or out of the ballpark. He's got really good bat speed. I think the the fact that he, you know, we, we talked about J.K. playing right field. Downs played a lot of left field, which is not natural for him. Most of his time in the minors was as a right or center fielder. So, you know, he's I think he's done – really well in checking the box that does a little bit of everything. He puts a ton of balls in play. He doesn't strike out a great deal. And, you know, while he's not a gaudy walk totals guy, he does have a feel for putting the ball, you know, in play and creating action with it. And he's been a nice addition for us. And and truly, you know, with the, over the course of this last, let's call it five weeks, you know, with, with Dom and, and Rojas and at the, at the, yeah, I guess now Dom's more closer to the middle of the lineup, but what they've done to lengthen our lineup has been meaningful for, for our team performance. Well, four in Tampa, uh, this will be uh, interesting to see what it looks like. As you said, a, a pooped bullpen. I hadn't used that <laughs> phrase to describe it. I just said tired, but uh, I appreciate your uh, your more colorful language. A pooped bullpen and a rotation that uh, right now has an opportunity to pick them up along with an offense as well. So, Jerry, thank you. We're coming down the stretch here. What, 23 Three. games to play? Pretty unbelievable. We'll uh, look forward to next week. Thank you. You got it, guys. Should be exciting.